Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, the Bible says that he pours benefits on us. Let me try that again. He pours benefits on us. If you're living in a drip, you need to get under the poor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're on live stream or podcast, I do hope that you're experiencing this anointing right where you're at. Because I sure am enjoying it right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Last week, as we came to the end of the service, the Lord spoke a prophetic word through Pastor Nid. And what was said was that the thing that he asked us to change or to put off is not for bondage or to take away from our life, but to add on to us and reach the goal of his adding into, his, into our life his power and his dominion. I know every single person in here wants to walk more in the power and the dominion of God. Now, I know some of us think that we got this stuff down. But just to be honest with you, you ain't close. None of us are close. We got a long ways to go. You're looking at the tip of the iceberg, and there's a whole lot more underneath the river. And he's trying to really get into our life, the operation of, not just knowing of, but the operation of his power and his dominion in our life on this earth. He said, change will not be a loss, but it will be gain for us. So do not fear, for it's a time of great gain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of times when we hear the word that says change, when a lot of times when we hear the thing, the word of God that says you need to put off, you know, it's just like if I say to you, you need to change. People don't like that. You need to change. They like me to say we need to change. But to say you need to change, people don't like it. But if I said God wants you blessed, God wants you to increase, God wants you to have prosperity, God wants you to increase more and more in your, you'd have no problem with that. So you have no problem with that. Then you don't care if I say we. But you don't like you because it's your flesh. And you need to take that stinking thing and put it down. It's controlling too much of your life. God is trying to get you into a place to, and all of us, into a place to where his power and his dominion is moving on us, in us, through us onto this earth that we would be the supernatural church that he's designed for us to be that we would be the most powerful force on the face of the earth that he's designed for us to be that we would be the glorious church that he's coming to to coming back for hallelujah so when that word came out last week boy there were things that just went off on the inside of me And those are the things I want to share with you today. So go over to Matthew chapter 19. Hallelujah. 
Matthew 19, and we're going to look in verse 24. I want to preface some things. We're going to go down this road, and I believe you're going to come out on the other side. Whether you're in this room, on live stream, podcast, you're going to come out the other side greater than when you came in. Hallelujah. So he says here in Matthew 19, 24, again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, obviously, the first time that I heard that 40 years ago, in my great worldly knowledge, I'm trying to imagine a camel going through the needle, the eye of a needle on a sewing machine or a sewing needle. Because that's how smart I was. But that's not at all what he's talking about. They had walls built around the city. And when the enemy would attack, they would shut the door and roll down the top of the, of the uh, gates. The gates were made out of iron. If the gate was as tall as the uh, walls of the city, it would take forever to get them closed. So you had a small gate and then you had an upper gate. Like you ever see one of those roll down uh, uh, garage doors? Well, this was like a roll down thing that would come down above the gate. Lift up your head, oh ye gates. It was called the head of the gate. Lift them up, oh ye gate, the head of the gates. Lift up your heads, oh ye gates, and lift them up, ye everlasting door. So lift up the gate, lift up the, open the doors, and let the king of glory come in. That's what he was talking about there. So the city had the gates, they had the head of the gates, and when the enemy would attack the city, the gates were small enough that they can get them shut pretty quick and then lower the head down on the gate. If there was a traveler that was coming and trying to get into the city, when the gates are closed, gates are closed. Nobody's getting in. But they did have a little door, and it was called the Eye of the Needle. That was the name of that door in the wall. And when a traveler would come, he would have his camel that would be filled with all of his possessions. But the camel would have to get down actually on its knees like this and bend over its front legs and have to push the camel in through the door. The, the camel was too big to get in. You'd have to push the camel in. Dieting is a good thing. So, so you'd have to push the camel in. But in order to do that, the traveler had to take all of his possessions off of the camel. Now, the chance is if the enemy's coming and you're trying to get that camel in, he might just get in the door and all of his possessions would be left outside. So he had to make a choice. There's a chance of losing my possessions and a good chance of losing my life if I stay outside. So what am I going to choose? Let go of the possessions or let go of my life? Well, obviously, they were those then, just like there are today. People so wrapped up in their possessions, they don't want to let go of them. And it cost them their life. Now, I understand that when Jesus is saying this, he's talking about the new birth. But, you know, Revelation is progressive. It doesn't just stand for one thing. Just like end day, uh, uh, end times, Revelation is not just for the very end time. It works its way all the way through. Are you with me? Jesus came to give us what? Life and life more abundant. So when you got saved, did you get that abundant life? No, you got life. But he wants you to have abundant life. Isn't that right? Well, in order to get into that abundant life, you've got to get into the doorway and you've got to empty off your camel Empty out your camel to get into that door of abundant life because abundant life is far beyond possessions. It's far beyond finances. It's far beyond anything that we could ever have or hold in this life. And you have to learn to let go of these things. When you are attached to anything, it will be be that which could keep you out from the door and it can cost you your life. Because we're getting to the end days, and the days of playing church are done. They're done. 
And if you think you could still play church, your life is on the line. To empty the camel is to have no trust in worldly, earthly possessions. Nothing wrong with having them. But son, if you got to let go of it, let it go. But if you're emotionally attached to it, you'll go with it. These are the things the Lord wants us to change in our life. Letting go of certain things. So that we can get into that door of abundant life. He's not trying to take away from us. He's not trying to diminish our life. He's trying to move us into our destiny of abundant life. Because Jesus came to give you life and then give it to you more abundantly. So don't be afraid of it as loss. But it will be gain. He is wanting to break us free from the things that are holding us down and holding us back. Amen. Amen. He wants us to enter into the eye of the needle. What is the eye of the needle? The doorway to abundant living. In order to get into the doorway of abundant living, you got to get let go of the stupid nonsense you think is so important to you. Are you with me? And I, and I say stupid nonsense because I'm really trying to be nice. Because I could say some other things about it. Because we all have it. Are you with me? It's the doorway of abundant living. Now, what would happen if the traveler got there, got all of his possessions off of his camel, got the camel in, and the enemy didn't get there yet? they would be able to pull all the possessions back in and pile it back up onto the camel on the other side of the door. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. So therefore, on the other side, you can get piled back up again, but not with the same trash you left outside. Now, let me explain that to you. Before I got saved, I loved music. I mean, I would go out when I was a teenager, I would go out and I would buy a stack of albums like this, which in those days was expensive for those days. I'm talking about the late 60s. I'm not trying to date myself. But I would buy album. I'd buy a stack like that at one time to bring home. And because uh, I just loved music. I had, um, you know, uh, 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 back then they had eight tracks. <laughs> You know, and I would have them in my car and they'd be blasting. I could have turned the engine off and just vibrated down the road. <laughs> so I loved, I loved music all the time. I loved to play music. Uh, and, uh, but the day came when I got saved and I chose to give it all up. I actually took all my albums and I didn't just throw them away. I broke them all up with a hammer so nobody could listen to them and threw them in the trash. And I gave it all up in order to grow in the Word of God. I used to love hot rod, fast cars. Still do, you know. But back then, you know, I had hot rod, fast cars. I built them myself and just loved them. And um, loved them a little bit too much. I had guns. I loved guns. Um, I had musical recording equipment that I had. And I had to let it all go. I had to let it all go. Now, I let go, you know, I, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, this was, this was the way I used this kind of stuff. I had guns in my car. Uh, under my seat, I had a 32. I had a 357 in my console and a sold-off shotgun in my trunk. And I would have a knife on my side. And a friend of my friend and I would walk into ABC Liquor. And, uh, you know, we'd look around and all and go, well, let's just sit here. So we'd sit down, you know, I'm sitting on the stool at the bar, and a guy comes over, there's a group of guys, and they, they, uh, guys and girls, the guy comes over, he goes, excuse me, my girlfriend's sitting there. And I look at the stool and I go, where? He's like, never mind. And they all just stood against the wall, and they just waited till we were done and left, and then they went and sat down. So that was the way that I was back then, you know? That's right, a heathen from hell. And I was feeding the freight train with coal. Today it would probably be electric energy. I don't know, but I was feeding it and we were on the way to hell quick. So 
I had to let go of all that stuff because guns, all that stuff, I didn't have the right attitude with it. You know, the music, I didn't have the right attitude with it. Cause, I didn't have the right attitude with it. Nothing that I had that I had the right attitude with it. So I left it all because I wanted to follow Jesus. And as I start to follow Jesus, I know I need to let go, I need to let go, I need to let go of all this stuff. But then I can say, after a few years of being saved, he brought music back into my life. You know, then he's brought cars back into my life that I like. He's brought uh, musical equipment back into my life. He has brought uh, um, uh, guns back into my life. But now, I have all of these things with the right attitude. That I can use it for the right purposes. Not what I used to before. So now these things have now, rather than just being something in my life, now it is a blessing in my life. And it's used for the purposes of God. And I enjoy what he has given to me today a lot more than I did back then. Because I'm using him correctly, properly, right attitudes and right motives. God is never trying to take from us. He wants to grow us so we'll use things properly and have the right attitudes and that they will be a blessing not only to us, but a blessing to use them for others. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. That's on the other side of that door. So Luke 16, verse 11. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Father. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you, Lord. Oh, glory and honor to the great King and the mighty God, the everlasting one. Oh, hallelujah to our God. Majesty on high. We honor you, we honor you, we honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 16, 11, he says, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? The word wealth is a comprehensive word for all kinds of possessions, earnings, and gains, a designation of material value. So basically, when he's talking about the use of unrighteous wealth, he's talking about all material possessions, no matter what they are. All material possessions. So it can be money. It can be vehicles. It can be um, stuff that we use. It can even be the clothes that we wear. It could be um, anything at all. Furniture in our house. It could be anything. So it's important to understand what he's saying here. If you have not been faithful in the use of any type of material possession, who will entrust the true riches to you? Now, why do we have to understand this? Because there's a great pouring out that's coming. A pouring out of the real and the true wealth of the kingdom. The real, true wealth of the kingdom is coming and going to be poured out. He does not want his church to be like Israel was playing the harlot, going after and running after other gods. Nor does he want us to set our trust on things, money, power, Control, self-will, anxiety, fear, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. He don't want us set on those things. But if you are, you can get free from it. Glory to God. You can get free from it. With every step of freedom, we can step up into real life. With every step of freedom, we can take a step up into the real life that has been prepared for us. Not just someday in the by and by when you get to heaven. I'm talking about right now, right here, in this day and in this time. While you're in that body and still breathing. We can get free and step up into real life. As we continue to rapidly move towards the days of the end, this becomes more and more important. In fact, it is vitally important. And I'm telling you right now, if we continue to play church it will cost you your life Isaiah 60 
Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. Does that mean that God's going to take you out? Nope. Doesn't mean God's going to take you out. You take yourself out. And we'll show you. Isaiah 61 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen up on you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will, ra- will rise upon you and his glory will appear up on you. Hallelujah. It says the glory of the Lord has risen up on you. The Passion Translation says it streams from you. The glory of the Lord will stream from you. Darkness is upon the earth and deep darkness covers the people. But the glory appears up on you. Passion Translation says it'll break out over you. Hallelujah. It'll break out over you. So therefore those things will stream from you and break out over you. That you do not have to walk in the darkness, but you can walk in the glory of the light of the kingdom of God that cannot be shaken. And you can walk steady in the days of great, gross darkness. Hallelujah. 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 Now, let me show you a a graphic here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I may not have made it dark enough, but it's a triangle, obviously. You can see that. And there's a middle line that goes up from the top to the bottom. It's, yeah, okay, you can see that? All right, and it says the Word of God. That's what that line is. The Word of God, the kingdom of God, the principles of God, the immovable, unshakable things of God. That's what the middle line is. Outside the triangle, triangle is all what? Darkness, okay? It's all darkness because darkness is upon the earth. At the top of the, of the triangle is the manifestation of the great light and the manifestation of the power of God. Now, in years past, you can see 1980. I just went back to 1980. 1980, then 2000, and then 2023. So in days past or years past, you could follow God from afar, and you could still be in the light. In the years past, you can move to the left and to the right, and you could still stay in the area of light. But as time advances, the ability to move left and right narrows. And the quicker you will enter into that place of darkness that is on the earth and the gross darkness that's upon the people. And we should not be living in those places of darkness. We are the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the firstborn who has called us to that place at Mount Zion. So we're in 2023 where you could see between 2023 and 1980, the ability to move right and left is narrowed. But 2023 is not at the top of the triangle which means from these days forward, it will narrow even further. Amen? Amen. Amen. First Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. All of this came up in me last week as I heard that word being spoken. First Peter 1, 14 through 16. So it would do well to give heed to what the Spirit of God is saying. Because you could say this is just a continuation of that prophetic word. It says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. See, ignorance. We're not ignorant anymore. Therefore, we should not be living in that place anymore. It says, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, he's talking about holiness or sanctification. He's not talking about righteousness. When you got born again, you became the righteousness of God in Christ. And the Bible says, work out your salvation. And the working out of that righteousness is holy living. Now, some people say, well, you just can't be holy. What does he say? What did God say? 
like the Holy One, be holy yourselves. You shall be holy for I am holy. He's writing that to believers. This is not Old Testament. He's writing this to believers. And he's saying to the believer, like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself in all of your behavior. Work out that righteousness and, and show it in holy behavior. Amen. Well, you can only do this by coming as close to the Word of God as you can. The Word of God. Not somebody else's Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God that will speak into your heart. The Word of God that will direct your steps and walk in holiness. The Word of God that will cause you to put off racism. The Word of God that will cause you to put off sexism. The Word of God that will cause you to walk in equality, not inequity. The Word of God. And it's got to be alive inside of you. Amen. Be holy as I am holy. Well, the reason we can't see how we can be holy is because you're so far out, you're almost at the point of darkness on that triangle. But when you get close to the word, you can see. I can be because his word makes me to be. Because I take it in my heart. This is what the eye of the needle is all about. Putting off the attachment to things and coming as close as possible to the unshakable kingdom. If I told you that tomorrow the economy is crashing and money in the bank will be useless and you won't be able to get it out, what will you do today? Exactly. Withdraw it from the bank. But if I tell you Jesus is coming back any day and you need to get as close to God as you can, what would you do? Plan a vacation. Go out for dinner. Do all the worldly things that we always do. Would you? Then why do you? So you said it out your old mouth. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. But yet, why do you? You plan all these things without even inquiring of the Lord. So how serious are you about the things of God? Go back to the triangle. See, he's trying to get us to grow up in Christ. And stop being babies running around with our bottle and our pampers. And thinking, oh, everything's just going to be wonderful and shake it a little bit. And all your stuff's falling out the diaper. It's not a pretty sight. We're too old for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So again, as time passes, the light narrows to walk in. And darkness expands. Now, we always say things like, well, there's more light upon the first of the earth than there ever has been. But are you in it? See, that's the whole thing. Are you in it? Where are you? How close to that line are you ready to slip over into darkness? The light narrows to walk in and darkness expands. You notice it. Look at the triangle. At the bottom, darkness is a certain amount, but as it goes higher, there's more darkness. In the days we live today, you can see darkness and the speeding up of its activities. It's becoming more and more obvious. What's darkness doing? It's trying to close in and overcome the light. Well, you don't want the doctors to overcome the light in your life. You say, well, I would never deny Jesus. I ain't even talking about that. We're not even close to that. This has got nothing to do with that. And this is what people think, oh, faith is all about that. You just don't deny. No, I'm talking about a life. I don't think there's one bird brain in here that would say, I'm going to deny Jesus. Is there? 
Anybody want to say, yeah, oh, I would? No, none of us would. So we're not even talking about that. We're talking about lifestyle. We don't want darkness to overcome the light in my life that I ought to be walking in on a regular basis. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm supposed to be walking in that light regularly. Not going to the right or to the left, but on the path of the light. We know of the illumination that is coming, but we have not yet seen the power of God. And as we draw close to the end and we're getting near the top of that triangle, that light is going to become like a laser beam. And it's going to hit those that are very close to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and will hit with pinpointed accuracy. And it'll hit them with the power of God and hit them with the glory of God. And it will stream from them and his glory will break out from them and it will appear upon them. But will it be them or will it be us? Or will I say that'll be me? It all depends on the choices. We all want to be there. I, I bet everybody in here wants that. We would like it. But you got to want to be beyond your words. Because words are empty. Words mean nothing. Show me your faith without the works. And I'll show you faith by my works. If you believe that, it'll show up in your life. Changes will be made. Are you with me? The clash of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of darkness is coming rapidly. The time of the great light and the gross darkness that will exist at the same time upon the face of the earth. Darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness to people, but the light will rise up on you if you're in that place. And that laser light of God can hit you with pinpointed accuracy. It's imperative that we stay as close to the Word of God as we possibly can. As this day and time draws closer, the time is moving faster and faster and faster, coming to this place of the clash of the two kingdoms. And it will be on the earth. Will you? Will you be on the earth? Will you still be there? Or will you have slipped over into the darkness? What is the eye of the needle in this time? What is the door that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to walk through? It's the door of abundant life. And what is that abundant life? It's the portal into the presence and the power of God that he is desirous to pour out from us. Listen, in days past, we might have got before God. Oh, we worship him. Oh, I just, oh, it's just so wonderful and so glorious. Oh, it's so great. Well, those days are done. Not that that's finished, but it's time to move forward from that. Because if it's not coming from you, it is not doing anybody any good. The The portal to the presence and the power of God is the doorway. That presence and that power He don't just want it on you and in you. He wants it to pour from you. It's the fullness of abundant life. It's the true riches, the real wealth. Darkness is pressing in rapidly, but light is pushing out powerfully. How many of you seen the Revivals on the universities. It's just the preparation time. It's preparation time. It's getting things ready. And it's amazing. It is amazing to me how God moved in those universities, in those auditoriums, with all young people. Nobody over 25 is allowed. It's all young people. And the whole auditorium is lit. The stage is lit. We're not in a nightclub atmosphere. Don't, you need to look at me. You just missed that point. It's not a nightclub atmosphere. 
because it's not that type of atmosphere that attracts people. It's the living word, yes. the presence and the power of God that attracts people. And it's supposed to pour out from us and touch those around us. Not with a theology, not with a doctrine, but with real life, power. I believe that this is a launching pad today for where God wants us to go. The doorway of the eye of the needle is the supernatural anointing that is the true wealth that resides on the other side of the doorway. It's the true riches that God wants to pile on us as promised to those that are faithful to use what has been put in their hand. Faithful to use it. Faithful for the kingdom. To use it properly. Have the right attitudes, the right motives, the right purposes. To be an instrument in our hand for God. I remember back in the 80s there was a teaching that says, God turned my toys into tools. The day of the boys with their toys are done. And toys must become tools. The days and times are short. And the days of playing out in the sandbox is over. And everything that is your toy must be put into the hand of God to become a tool. Amen. This is the place where his anointing will overshadow you where his spirit will suddenly overshadow you and will move us into a place that we have never, ever been before. And who's it for? It's for those who defeat the temptation of Lucifer. No, I don't mean Lucifer tempting you. I'm talking about the temptations that Lucifer failed to deal with. He's the one that set his lust and his pride on things that had been put into his hand. All that he was made to be. The perfect being that he was made to be. His position of authority. All that had been given to him. He set his lust on it. And he set his pride on it. And he was not faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon. Therefore he missed out on the true riches of the kingdom who not only ended into total darkness, but he is the one that is total darkness. And to step into darkness, to get out of that light, to step into darkness is to step right into the life of Satan. Now, you might still have light on your spirit, but I'm talking about your everyday walking around life, your lifestyle. Your lifestyle either promotes the things of God or your lifestyle promotes the things of darkness. Your lifestyle will either be in the place of light or your lifestyle will be in the place of darkness. Your lifestyle will be either walking hand in hand with the Lord Jesus Christ and his word and his spirit or you will be walking hand in hand with Satan. There is no other option. And the closer we get to the end, the more narrow it gets. You don't want to be on the wide road that leads to destruction. You want to be on the narrow road that leads to life. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2. Glory to God. Verse 9. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people... For God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's made you a chosen race. He's made you a royal priesthood. He's made you a holy nation. He's made you a people for his own possession. So that, in order that, this is the purpose. Oh, that I could walk in all the blessings. Oh, so that I could have my inheritance. Oh, so that I could have all that I ever wanted and needed and believed God for. So that I could have all my supplies met. So that I could be healed. Get out of the sandbox. All that is important, 
but it's time to move out of the sandbox. You were chosen so that you would proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. His marvelous light. It means a wonder, an amazement to admire and to be astonished. When was the last time you got into the presence of God and you were astonished, amazed, just wonder at it all? See, these are the qualities that would draw other people. This isn't doctrine. This is theology. This is a marvelous light that is in you. The wonderful, amazing, admired, astonished light that is inside of each and every one of us. Now, suppose you knew somebody that was wonderful. They were amazing. You admired them and you were astonished. Wouldn't that draw you to them? Well, how much more should we be drawn to the light? Because it is the wonderful, amazing, admirable, astonishing light. And it's right there on the inside of you. But yet you can have all that inside of you and be walking in total darkness. This is what the Lord spoke to the church of Ephesus about. He says, I know your toil, and I know your work, but you left your first love. You left the wonder of it all. You left the twinkle that was in your eye. You walked away from the pursuing of me, and now you're just into things, working and doing stuff. And I'm just standing outside watching all that you do, and you say you're serving me, but there's no wonderment, there's no twinkle, and there's no pursuing of me. What are they doing? Walking away from the light. You can sit in church, dress up nice, look real pretty, have all your hair combed, look in a perfect condition, have your Bible, smile, and be totally backslidden. Because backslidden doesn't mean you're out there sinning. Backslidden means you've moved away from the light. You're no longer pursuing. You're no longer hungry for God. That's backslidden. I have other stuff I got to do. Backslidden. And I believe today God wants to prepare us to walk through the eye of the needle, to walk through the door, the portal, to the place of great abundant life in Christ. And all we have to do is unload our camel. That's all you have to do. Unload your burdens. Unload your trusting in things. I don't care if it's things to pay for a carton of eggs or if it's things that you trust in for your retirement. I don't care where the trust is. If it's not in God, nothing wrong with any of those things. But what if you lost it all today? What would you do? What if the economy crashed tomorrow and everything you have in retirement's gone? What would you do? Well, it all depends on what you have done. See, what have you done? So that now that this comes, you would say, what do I do? Well, if you've already done, you know what to do. But if you haven't done, you're in a mess. God wants you ready. Because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Are you with me? All we have to do is unload our camel. Unload our burdens. Unload our worry about things. Our anxiety. Unload it. How long have you been anxious? And it's done squat for you. When do you think your anxiety is going to start changing things? It's not. Unload your fears, unload your doubts, unload your cares, unload your desires of the world. 
unload your pride. Unload your self-sufficiency, self-will, and self-ambition. And you may have to unload some outright sin. You don't want to miss tonight's service at 6. You got to make the changes and put off what's weighing you down. Jude, could you come up to the keyboard, please? I believe the Lord wants to minister to you this morning. The anointing is here. The anointing's been here all day. He has been speaking directly to you. And I do pray that you have heard this and received this into your heart. You can hear it again, thank God. You can listen to it again. Get it more and more and more sealed and settled on the inside of you. But God wants us to walk through that door. He's standing at the door and he's knocking. But he's on the inside. And he needs you on the outside to open that door and say, I'm coming in without my stuff. I'm leaving all my stuff out here. And I'm just coming into you. To step into that abundant life, that portal into his very presence and his very power. What I'd like you to do is to, if you believe and feel and know, and the Spirit of God has already just showed you this, that there's garbage in your life you need to unload. Whatever it might be, trust and stuff. It might be fear, worry, anxiety, desires that you've set yourself in the wrong place. Whatever it might be, you know what the Spirit of God's been talking to you about. It might, not, might even be something I haven't even mentioned. Don't go by that list and go, well, that's not me. You know you. And if that is what the Spirit of God is wanting you to do, to let go of some stuff in order to walk in through the door, then I just want you to come up. I want you to come up this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I'm assuming that everybody that's sitting down has already walked into the portal of the presence and the power of God Almighty in your life. And it is just evidently observed in everything you do, the power of God is just moving greatly. The riches of his anointing is moving on you and you have no need to step in any further. But you see, God will always minister to the humble heart, the contrite heart he will not deny. The humble will always receive from the Lord. Oh God, oh God help us. God help us, God help us, God help us. God help us, God help us. Oh God, in order to get saved, I had to declare I was a sinner and I needed to be saved. And in order to step into the door, I have to declare I have need of you. I have need of you, Lord. I have need of you, Lord. I have need of you, Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Say this. 
Father in heaven, I've heard today what you are declaring. And I'm making a decision that I am going to. Not just want to, but I'm going to walk through the door and take hold of your power, your glory, your presence. I want more. I'm pressing in to take hold of all of your abundant life, to walk in through the portal, walk in through the door, because I know on the other side is all that I am, is all that I need, all that you've made me to be, and all that you want me to do. I lay aside everything that I'm trusting in. I lay aside everything that I'm hoping in. I lay aside everything that I've set my desires on because I'm stepping in to you, to only you. That's who I want. I lay it all aside in the name of Jesus. Now here's what we're going to do. Pastor Morgan is going to walk in front of you. He's got a garbage pail. I want you to take your trash and drop it right into the pail and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Amen. Go ahead and do that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Throw it in there. Throw it in there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Just throw it in there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm done with this. Jude, if there's anything you need to throw in there, just throw it right in there from where you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am done with this. Done with it. Done with it. Done with it. Done with it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift your hands to the Lord. Say it, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Hallelujah. 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 I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from trusting in other things. I'm free from looking to other things. I'm free to setting my hope on other things. I'm free from the desire of other things. I'm free from all of these things. I'm free from the worry. Free from the anxiety. Free from the fear. Free from the care. Free from the concern. Free from the lust. Free from the pride. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. You know, Smith Wigglesworth was born in the 1800s, went home to heaven in 1947. And as his ministry progressed, he had a great ministry, healing ministry, deliverances. And and he said, this is a statement he made. He said, I have a fear that the healing power of God is going to be more and more diminished because man is setting himself on medical science. What would you call that? Trust in the wrong things. I know somebody just recently went into the hospital and the doctors almost killed them. Thank God 
for the word and for prayer and the laying on of hands. Thank God for it. Your doctors are not your answer. You say, well, God made doctors. Really? Really? What makes you think that? He had a great plan called healing anointing. What did he need doctors for? You know why there's doctors? Because of people in the triangle that are living by the dark. That's why. We always say there's nothing wrong with doctors. You need to use it, use it. At least they'll keep you alive. You can get closer to the light. They're not your answer. Welfare system's not your answer. PPP is not your answer. The Inflation Reduction Act, stupid, is not your answer. You got to be kidding me. But these are the things that we set our trust on. And this is why you got to get free. This is why you got to get free. You're trusting on that economic system to hold your retirement money where it belongs. You're trusting in the wrong thing. You're, holding, you're trusting in that bank to hold your money. You're trusting in the wrong thing. You got to get your trust where it belongs. Because the more you trust in that nonsense, the more you are leaning into the dark. But it's time to be free. You come up this morning, point of contact. You took that thing, you threw it in the trash can. That was your point of contact. Now, I would say this to you. Don't be a dumpster diver. Huh? Don't be a dumpster diver. Don't be digging the trash. You need to leave it and let it go. How many of you ever seen that commercial where the guy owes a bunch of money, but then he got some kind of loan that uh, uh, put everything, consolidated everything. And all of his, his loans, they were all pressing up against the glass and everything. And then pretty soon they all walked away because he was free from them. See, they still want to press in on your window and make you think that you're not free. But they're on the other side. They're on the other side. They're on the other side. It's just like I could get in Pastor Ewellen's face right now and I could start yelling at her and I could start telling her she better this and she better that. And she just turns around and walks away. And I'm like, where are you going? Come back here. I'm talking to you. She goes, you ain't talking to me, Jack. Don't be a dumpster diver. Don't take that stuff back. You dropped it off today. Make the choice. Make the choice before you sit down. Make the choice. Put off the attachment. And move as close as possible to the unshakable kingdom. We're growing up in all things in Christ. Start to walk in it today. Start to walk in it today. It wants to rear its ugly head. What's that game they used to play where you'd have the hammer, the thing would pop up its head and you have to have a hammer and beat it over the head. What was that game? Whack-a-mole. Yeah, just do that with it. Just beat it over the head with the word of God and shut that thing down in a heartbeat. If you will start today walking in this, y'all that came up, if you start today walking in this, you'll be prepared for the days that are ahead. Because the days that are ahead in the world are going to get uglier and uglier. And always remember, no matter what answers they come up with and no matter how good it is, it's the world. It's the world. Do not diminish the anointing, the glory, and the presence of God with things of the world. Amen. All right, lift your hands again to the Lord. We bless you, Lord. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for everyone in this room, for everyone on live stream and on podcast that dropped off all their trash today and said, I will not have anything to do with this anymore. I'm letting go of this, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that freedom belongs to every single one of them, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, 
that they'll not pick it back up. They'll not dumpster dive. They'll not go into the trash and look for the old things. And when it wants to pop up its head, Lord, they will stand in their authority and in their dominion and they will push it back down again and say, no, in the name of Jesus, you have no right. You have no place. I am redeemed from you. I am redeemed from the curse. I am redeemed from you. I'm redeemed from that old nature. I'm redeemed from that old character. I'm even redeemed from my old personality. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I take on your life in every area. It's in the portal. It's in the presence. It's in the glory. It's in the anointing of God. Thank you for it, Lord. We bless you. We honor you and praise you for it in the wonderful, glorious name of Jesus. And every redeemed saint said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord forevermore. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, when you get hooked up with the Spirit of God, long-winded takes a back seat. And look at how much he did. And it was less than an hour since worship was finished. Less than an hour. Hallelujah. And that's also what happens when you're opened, when you're ready to receive from the Spirit of God, and you're drawing on the anointing. God can do things quickly. You know, in all my life, I put my hand in the garbage pail, the anointing of God hit. When you dump stuff into that garbage pail, the anointing hit. I know I put my hand in the garbage pail, the anointing of God hit. But this morning, it hit. It hit hard. And it hit out all the trap, all the junk, half pouring into that garbage. I don't know if you feel it or not. It's the done deal church. Got the anointing that break the yoke. Yes. The yoke, the whole art from the past have no power to hold you no longer. So this is anointing garbage pail. <laughs> I never touched before. <laughs> so you can't forget that. That can be your memorial. And every time those things like child are red, they head up, have to be member. I'm not going back to the garbage. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> I just want to chat that with you. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody in the sound of my voice, just go ahead and bless him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord God. Glorify your name, Lord Jesus. All glory and honor to you, Lord. King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord God, that your eye is not dim, your ear is not deaf, and your arm is not short. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you do. Bless you, Lord, most high, everlasting God, holy one. Oh, I thank you, Lord God, that you are high and lifted up, and your train fills the temple. Bless your name, bless your name, name above every name. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And Father, I just thank you so much for what you've done today. Thank you for what you're doing in our heart, what you're doing in our lives, that you touch us, that we can grab a glimpse of your glory that will never be the same again. Thank you for one touch of your hand, Father, that brings us to places we haven't been before. And we look forward to the continual increase in you, continual increase in your kingdom, the continual increase in your word, Father, growing closer and closer, that we're taking back the pursuit. We're taking back the twinkle. We're taking back the wonder. For it is within us, the amazing, astonishing, glorious, wonderful light in whom we draw close.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we come before you now with our giving, Father, we do it as close to that middle line as we can, without being to the right, without being to the left, but being right where your word is. Your word that has declared that I can bring the tithe into the storehouse. Your word that has declared that I can give and yet increase all the more. Lord, I get as close to that line as I can by declaring your word over that which I do in my giving. And I will have what your word says. For my money is not my seed, but it's an outward action of the seed of your word that is in me. So I declare the seed of your word as I do this. And the seed of your word is what will produce in my life 30, 60, and 100 fold. We thank you for that, Lord. Bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, if you joined us on live stream or podcast, I'm so glad that you could be here today. I just kind of knew in my heart this was going to be kind of a special day, and I'm so glad that you could just be there to, to join us. And I do pray that the Word of God has touched you and actually raised you up from the place that you're at and made you ready to walk into that door and into that portal. Ooh, thank you, Lord if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. I believe it will come back to you in a mighty way. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And if it's a tithe, then I do believe, according to the word, that the windows of heaven will open for you. Yeah. A blessing will be poured out that's not room enough to receive it. And he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he'll not destroy the fruit Hallelujah. of your ground. Amen. Amen.